Good morning. On this bowl of question crunch, Josh Quillen is here to answer questions about his documentary, Epic Home Haunts, the insanity of making a spooky documentary, and Slimer Voorhees. <laughs> My desk is right under my uh, the AC, so I feel it right now. I'm like, ooh, nice. Uh, yeah, my so we moved into this apartment in Vegas, sight unseen. It's only a two bedroom, so we don't have a three bedroom because it's like a temporary one year thing. But there was like an offset dining room, so I'm currently like in a nook that's supposed to be the dining room, but there's literally no vents anywhere, oh, and this curtain is actually blocking a window that the sun directly comes into so yeah because it's like right now i mean it's actually really cool right now it's 86 degrees but like two days ago it was 111 i like it then i like it then in in our states 86 is cool hmm. i was at 89 <laughs> yeah it's a little warmer but yeah no it's fantastic right now yeah well I like guess. it was 83 degrees yesterday and i put a beanie on i was like yes like the winter <laughs> is here <laughs> I, just, I just feel like every other state they're like 80 that's too hot and i'm just like no 80 is a good day I, i'm cool with 80 i'm good yeah yeah <laughs> no you go to you go to ohio and people are like 80 degrees that is the sweltering heat of the sun and i'm like what are you talking about that's like mid-january like that's amazing that's a, that is a pleasant day 80 is yeah. fine that's i can do things with Balmy, chilly, 85 degrees. God, my glasses are filthy. All right. I got your questions up. I, I have literally not looked at them. Oh, the, con- <laughs> because- the conversation the conversation is currently going. This is how the podcast <laughs> is going to start. I'm not going to cut any of this out. This is nice. This is good. Perfect. Because I want, I want other people to realize how much we appreciate 80 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> so it is. It's just weather. Like, welcome to the weather with Jimmy. Well, I need, I, I, it's weird. It's weird because like, I feel like it's the same thing with uh, inflation or gas prices where it's like, it gets really high. And then if it just goes slightly lower, we're like, okay, good. (laughs) Yeah. That's the trick. The trick is like, go up, you know, 40%, come down 5%, but then everyone's good with it. But then overall it was actually a 35% increase, right? That's the trick. That's how it works. Now we're into politics with Jimmy. That's how we're, oh, it's always politics for me. <laughs> I feel I've, bad. We had one episode where the person's like, uh, we they, they insulted Trump and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I got political. I'm like, uh, no, don't apologize for insulting Trump. I'll always, always be willing to insult him. I was going to say, have you seen the cartoons you draw? Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, without, without the former president, I won't say his name. I feel Good. like material would be lacking. I mean... <laughs> So we mentioned this before the podcast started recording, but we've been friends since uh, for quite a while. Uh, since freshman year in high school, yeah. yeah. And I've absolutely loved. Uh, fo- I-, I love following you on social media and seeing your evolution through. Oh uh, God, you work on, <laughs> and it's when you got really into the spooky community. I'm like, holy shit! All right, this is this is a uh, yeah. I don't want to say, say game changer, but it really it it. It really brought you into light. It, got, it gave you all this really inspiration to do a, re- a lot of really cool things. And I love seeing your posts about being spooky. Well, that's kind of like, so it's funny. Like I've always been into Halloween and horror and, and that kind of stuff, but not like, not like the, how to describe it? Not like the gory sort of, 
you know, gore for gore stuff, right? Like Saw is cool. I really like, I, you know, I love Saw, but like it, it, to a point you're like, all right, cool. Like I've had enough of that. Um, I've always more been into just that, like the vibe of Halloween, I guess, right? Like the the, the movie with the uh, trick or treat. I can't remember the director and I have friends who know him and they're going to kill me if they hear this. Um, but Good. Uh, that movie kind of encapsulates that whole like, halloween spooky vibe right like it's a thing it's you know you go into a spot with some cobwebs and like some weathered wood and a little bit of pumpkins and some leaves i don't know and it makes me happy like i, I told a white girl the other day like i saw pumpkin spice latte came back and i like just in an in inner white girl was like ah just like i need to run to starbucks immediately um because fall is here that's the official start of fall it's it's interesting that you say that you, uh, it's not so much about horror because whenever I talk to people about the spooky community, I use the word spooky specifically because if I talk about horror community, that does include a lot of gore. That includes a lot of like really scary yeah. shit. Yeah. I like, I like spooky because that also brings out like the really cute shit that I also like. Yeah. I like the spider webs. I like sending blown in the dark nonsense. Well, and it's, it's, it, it is two different communities. So like there's horror fans who aren't necessarily fans of like the haunted attraction community. And then there's fans of the haunted attraction community who might like horror films, but they're not really super into them. Right. Like, you know, they might, they might enjoy, I don't know, like some of the old 1950s, like house on a haunted hill with Vincent Price and stuff like that, but they're not necessarily into the slasher stuff of the eighties and early nineties. But then there's people who are into that stuff who don't really care about like Halloween Horror Nights are not Scary Farm. And even those two events, which are Haunted Attraction events, are completely different. You have Not Scary Farm, which is a bit more traditional spooky, and they have Halloween Horror Nights, which is more horror film spooky, if that makes sense. Although this year, I haven't been this year yet, yet, I hope to go, um, but it seems like they kind of went more traditional spooky than than the horror movie route. But anyway. That's that's another topic for another another time because oh, Halloween no, Horror Nights this year looks amazing. It's it's a topic now. This is a good time. For oh, it's now. just to be the Halloween Horror Nights podcast with Jimmy. We okay, can talk sick. about that. I I love talking about the mazes. I haven't been to the mazes. <laughs> in, I haven't been to the mazes since 2019. Um, I know okay. my friends. My friends are asking me if I'm going to go this year, and I I want to. I just there's there's a really weird unsettling feeling of like just people being right behind me and just breathing on me. Yeah, I, I, so having just moved from Florida, so I went from LA to San Francisco to Orlando, now in Vegas, right? So I've just done this whirlwind cross country tour over the last decade or so. Um, having just come from Florida and having spent all of the pandemic in Florida, um, it's it, it, one, it was a little weird. Uh, I have a much larger and greater respect for Universal and Disney than I ever did before because they were kind of the two organizations who took it seriously in Florida. Um, but it, I think the ease back to normal life, not being in LA, um, was easier for me. Maybe because it, you know, you're around a lot more. You're you're around less of it if that makes sense so like once everybody got vaccinated i was like okay i feel a little easier about this um but then everybody else just around you being like what pandemic i don't know what you're talking about uh i think it made that transition of getting back into groups a little bit easier there's still things that make me uneasy i've been on a i was on a plane recently and i was like nope nope wearing a mask 100 percent wearing a mask i am not no no i'm not ready for that yet but I, I think I'd be okay with Horror Nights, maybe. I don't know, though, because that is kind of like being on a plane, isn't it? Like being inside the mazes. It's a little compact. 
it, it is compact, but I, I recently was invited to go to San Francisco and I really wanted to go, but uh, being on a plane with all the recycled air just blowing over and over is unsettling. Yeah, it's all right. I, so I, I, I flew during uh, 2021, I flew a lot, like multiple times a month. Um, and never, I, I've never, knock on wood, I have never tested positive for COVID. Um, I masked up everywhere, the whole thing. So I think it's, I, I don't know. I think as long as you're safe with it, as long as you make sure you're vaccinated, you know, don't pick your nose and, you know, eat it or something. If you're on an airplane, I don't know what people do on an airplane, but you know, don't do that. Uh, I, I think you're fine. I, I, I think we're at a point now where unless there are massive outbreaks, like huge numbers, you know, as long as you're vaccinated, you know, you're, you're okay. Like we're starting to bring our kid out. I have a three-year-old and we're starting to bring her out into the public a little bit more. Um, and she's getting her last vaccination shot in a couple of weeks. So they do three for kids instead of just the two. And so she's getting her last one in a couple of weeks. So we're starting to feel a little bit more okay, bringing her out where it's, you know, if she does get sick. At least we're vaccinated, you know, knock on wood. She's never been sick, never had COVID. So we're good on that one too. I think that you're safe if you already practice good hygiene. Well, because yeah. Because I do have coworkers at my day job who I've seen them at the startup meeting sneeze in the palm of their hand. And I'm just like, even before COVID, don't do that. Just yeah. don't do that. <laughs> I was shocked. I remember I remember Disney World. So when I lived in Orlando, I was literally five minutes from Walt Disney World. And I was there day one or two after the reopening. And I remember walking around and seeing the signage, these big, you know, whatever they were, three foot by five foot signs everywhere, um, infographics that had just things you should do. And it was literally like, wash your hands, um, you know, cover your mouth when sneezing. Uh, and I was just like, isn't this like, hygiene 101 this is the stuff you learn in like kindergarten like hey guess what you should wash your hands hey when you sneeze probably wash your hands if you you know sneeze into your hands or sneeze into your elbow uh if you cough cover your mouth like just do the do the vampire thing right yeah exactly you just do the bell lugosi you know sneeze and and you're good but i don't know but yes uh Long story short, Halloween Hornets, I, I would be okay going. I just don't know if I could go without a mask. I, I'm, I might have to mask it up. It's it's amusing that we got to Florida and Bela Lugosi because, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a confirmation or anything. I still think it's in Rumorville because I haven't seen any kind of, like, definite thing. But you've heard about the, the new theme park that Universal is making, right? Mm-hmm. Monsters Land. Yeah, it's, it's confirmed. It's confirmed? Yeah, it's 100%. Okay, cool. Yeah, I because like the last time I heard about was I want I went to go watch a new Jurassic Park movie and my friends were telling me about it and I was like oh shit I gotta Google that I, I need to find out more. Yeah, and so I, it's it's a Universal's Epic Universe, which is the dumbest name in the history of dumb. Um, sure, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it's it's not as dumb as when Universal originally opened Islands of Adventure. It was Universal Escape, I think, was the original name of that park, and then. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then they renamed the resort something and tried to get both. Anyway, it was a very confusing time when those parks opened because they did a bunch of renaming and then realized it was a terrible idea and went back. So we'll, we'll see if this name, new name snakes, sticks. Um, but yeah, no, they, they confirmed uh, there's a Universal Monsters Land. There's um, two attractions at the moment. Sorry, I'm a theme park nerd as well. So there's two attractions at the moment and a restaurant. 
Um, there's a family coaster and then some dark ride element, which everyone thinks is Frankenstein. Um, and it's basically going to be, if you've been on Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, the screen-based Kuka arm attraction, it's basically that, but Frankenstein. Um, and then probably the other monsters will make appearances. But yeah. And then there's a rumor that there's an expansion pad for a water-based attraction. Uh, so just basically imagine Jungle Cruise, but Creature from the Black Lagoon. I'm sold. <laughs> and that, that because like I went to Florida for the Harry Potter world and I was like, all right, cool. I don't have to ever go to Florida again. But then, uh, <laughs> then Nintendo was coming to Universal. I'm like, oh, I would love to see the Nintendo Land. And then I heard about this theme park for the Universal Monsters. I'm like, all right, cool. I guess I'm going to go to Florida again because I need yeah. to see this park. Well, and the cool thing, so Universal Studios Hollywood is getting uh, Super N- Nintendo World as well, but they're getting kind of a miniaturized version of it. They're not getting the full thing. Um, Florida is getting the full world that's currently open in Japan. Um, so it's the Mario Kart ride, the Yoshi ride, and then you know everything that comes with it. But they're also getting the Donkey Kong roller coaster, um, which the track is already going up for, um, and it's a really interesting design where the track for the ride is actually vertical. I'll do this so the people on YouTube can see. So it's vertical like this, and then and and you know so the imagine a roller coaster turned on its side, right, and rolling along this way. There's a bar that comes up. And then that bar turns and attaches into the minecart. The reason why they've done this is that then there's no floor under the minecart, so they can make it look like at times you're jumping track, if that makes sense, like you would in Donkey Kong. Uh, that land is going to be insane. That whole park's going to be insane, and and I cannot wait to just go to the monsters land and never leave. They'll have to yeah, drag that's... me out. <laughs> Uh, Nintendo is pretty cool, and you're right, they are making one in California, so I am not that much. I'm I'm not, I don't feel any kind of obligation to go to Florida because of Nintendo, but the Universal Monsters, I think I could make another trip. Um, yeah. the, the, the time I went, uh, I went to Toon Lagoon, and that area is one of the strangest things I've ever seen. It's amazing, though, right? It's like nobody alive today really recognizes any of these characters. <laughs> Yeah, um, but it's incredible. Like, I mean, I do. I walk around. And I'm like, oh, it's the Phantom, and I'm like, oh, Dudley Do Right. Like, I love these characters, but it's me and like three other grandpas who remember any of these characters and can appreciate them. <laughs> when I walk through, when I walk past the sign that says uh, it's a word bubble and says, uh, "Oh, I'm in color, so it must be Sunday." I'm like, who who knows that? Who knows <laughs> Nobody. That Nobody knows that. <laughs> Nobody knows. It's like, well, the the big sandwich is what is it? It's a, the the Dagwood Dogwood. Uh, yeah, sandwich, right? That's that's like the thing at the restaurant there. And like, who knows what that is? Nobody knows what that is. You know, like olive oils walking around, and I'm like, no kid knows who this is. You know what I mean? And just, anyway, but I love it. I love that land. I hope it doesn't go away ever. Uh, I yeah, the the one land I actually do kind of want to go away is the Marvel Land, Marvel Superhero Island, which is at Islands of Adventure, only because I want Disney to retain to regain the rights back to Marvel in Florida because they don't own the rights to Marvel in Florida for theme parks, which is why you don't really see a lot of Marvel stuff at Disney world, only at Disneyland. And I can understand why you'd want that. However, I do love it when I went there and I saw all my favorite heroes in their nineties costumes. <laughs> so that is cool. So I will, I, I will say that, that I do like the old school costumes and you know the fact that you get yellow wolverine and you get green goblin in his like purple t-shirt and like 
you know, the little cap thing, his little hipster cap. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, but to a point, I'm like, all right, let's get let's get Disney World some. Let's get the organization who's going to put two hundred million dollars into Marvel into like Hollywood Studios or something, which desperately needs something because that theme park. Yeah, it's got Star Wars, but that theme park is oh, it's lacking. Anyway, theme park talk with Jimmy. Uh, it's 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 all talk. Everything the conversation. <laughs> Any, anything we can talk about, we're going to talk about. Um, that being said, uh, what is a moment from a non horror film that scared that scares or has scared you? Maybe as a kid. Wait, a movie that's a non-horror film? Yes. For example, I'll give you a good example. Uh, when I was younger, and still now, it still haunts me. Is, I wonder if we have the same one, because I, I know I know which one it is, but go. I wonder if we have the okay. same one. Mine is The Labyrinth. Oh, no. Same, same-ish same era, though. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, when, my, my issue is when... Uh, uh, what's her Sarah. When... Uh, run back, Sarah. I, I always think about that when I... When, I always think about David Bowie when I'm trying to remember her name. But when Sarah is when Sarah is talking to the goblins and they have that moment where the goblins are all sleeping and there's one who's like, you hear that? I remember as a kid being very terrified by the goblins. That's and so interesting. That's the interesting. one. That's my example. Okay. Okay. Uh, mine is there's a there's a, a single shot. It's not even a scene. It's a shot in the Neverending Story. Um. When I think it's a Neverending Story, was it? No, yeah, it was a Neverending Story. I don't. I was. I just had a thought of maybe it was Willow. No, I think it's Neverending Story. Uh, it's a slow pan into the cave with the wolf, and then like you get real close, and then I want to say like at the at the end of that shot where you're just slowly moving in, you see the teeth and the eyes or something, and then it cuts away. Terrifying, <laughs> like terrifying. That shot, Neverending Story. Neverending Story has a lot of really terrifying scenes. Oh, yeah. And the remake is going to be, uh, I don't know. Did you see they just announced the remake at D23? I, I did. And I'm just wondering about that because, like, uh, I would say that with, with with Disney at the head, I would doubt that it was going to get really that scary. But then I saw the trailer for uh, Werewolf by Night. And I was oh, like, oh, dude. Talking about horror and Disney, Werewolf by Night. Yes, that looks it, so good. It looks, it looks, it. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to assume that Disney is going to be able to really go full horror, but it looks really promising. Well, they're, they've got the original Daredevil series now on Disney Plus. So they're not opposed to like, you know, getting a little bloody. So I, I think, I think they're going to, I think they might push it. I don't know. It's Kevin Feige doing a horror Halloween thing. So I think I think they're gonna push it pretty hard. It it looks good. I hope so because like Neverend Story, because like I, I when when you mentioned Neverend Story, I was thinking of all of the scary moments that I can think of when I was younger, or even now as an adult. Betrayal. Um, I'm creeped out. I'm creeped out by the zoom, the slow zoom into the rock fighter's eyes as he's watching the oh, yeah. oh. hard stuff. Um, I'm creeped out by the giant turtle. That thing <laughs> has terrified me all my life. That's funny. No, the turtle never got me. It was just that stupid wolf. That stupid, stupid wolf. Stupid wolf. Uh, yeah, that thing That thing scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Um, I don't really remember anything else horror-wise. I mean, like I remember seeing the re... I was young when it happened. Like the re-release of The Exorcist when they re-released it in theaters. Saw that. Didn't bother me. And that had the additional footage of her going backwards down the stairs, which wasn't in the, in the original cut. 
never bothered me. Um, yeah, most horror stuff is never, never phased me. Um, it's just little snippets of, of things. Like there's a shot um, as an adult, right? And it's just these little moments that always get me. There's a shot in the original Insidious. Uh, I think it's at the, is it the opening? It might be the, the very, 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 very beginning. Uh, when you see the old woman outside of the house holding a candle and it's like this classic spooky thing right just holding the candle you know uplit from below that those five seconds of frame have stuck with me like scared the hell out of me for some weird reason it's just these little moments that get me but like overall stuff doesn't really bother me like that's when i when i, when I go through haunted haunted attractions and i'll go through the mazes i'm the guy who's stopping turning around looking at lighting trying to touch the walls and be like okay what is that made of oh, okay that's that's l200 that's what that foam is oh okay i see you just did a little bit of a dry oh, okay that's cool you know, which pisses everybody off because they're like move and i'm like no i want to tear this apart and see how you made it uh but yes stuff doesn't bother me usually there are two uh technical speaking of te- technical aspects that i really love from haunted from the mazes and not scary form that will Ooh, okay. live that will live with in my heart forever. And that's one when they were going through the uh I I'm trying to remember which maze it was. I think it was uh Paranormal Inc. But they oh, had this they had an inflatable hallway. It, they had an inflatable hallway, so it became really dark yeah. and black. And then when you emerge on the other side, you're back in time. It immediately ah. went to like a really vintage lobby room and it was weird because it felt like a cutscene in a movie because it all went black and you emerge and suddenly it's different yeah. love that shit. love that moment paranormal inc is in my top three mazes of all time not even of scary farm of all time that maze was so good um the just the opening scene and it's just the right level of cheese and then you have the split paths you could go left you could go right and then at one point you converge back and then it just got weird and you went into like another dimension thing at the end that was good it's such a good maze like so good did you did you go when it was like first opened mm-hmm. okay good because when you first when when, when it first opened the gurneys in the beginning and I'm, you know, it's been there for years and I don't even know if it's still there, but this I, is yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be there this year. Okay, good. Well, then I don't care about spoilers then. Um, <laughs> but in the first scene, the gurneys, uh, when the ghost appears, the gurneys fly to the walls. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. it first opened, the gurneys like really just flew to the walls as fast as possible. And I'm like, this is going to be dangerous. Oh, and yes. Then, don't stand near the gurneys, basically. Don't stand in it. But uh, I went the in 2019, and they were much slower. <laughs> Live and learn. <laughs> yeah, but that first time, I was really that that it was actually legitimately terrifying, and I was like, "This is good." Okay. Yeah. No, that 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 maze was fantastic. That one of my favorite mazes ever. Um, I got. I was just saying, trying to think of like what what my other ones might be. Um, from knots. Uh, the Houdini one was really good a couple of years ago when they did that. Um, and then Shadowlands was so good uh, a couple of years ago when they did that one. Um, I love the theming of Shadowlands. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, it was just Japanese culture is it's hard to get right for Americans anyway, but doing it as a haunted attraction, 
I think is even harder. And they just nailed so much of it. It's just so good. So good. Um, so many technical things in that and just the overall feeling. And it was a beautiful maze, like gorgeous. Like you could sit there and just take pictures and every angle was perfectly lit. It was amazing. It was so good. Um, what was another couple of really good ones? I'm trying to think of some of the stuff that like Halloween Horror Nights has done. Hmm. I know my favorite, my favorite ever thing at Halloween Horror Nights, and this is in Orlando, not in Hollywood. Sorry, Hollywood. I know you're the home, the home event, but Florida. That's okay. That's all right. You're good. Whew. Uh, the first year Florida did okay, what is it? Marathon of Madness, I think is what it's called. They have a, a lake and they do a world of color style lake event, lake show. The first year that they did it the best nighttime water spectacular I've ever seen. Like hands down beats world of color version one. Then world of color version one is like top tier uh, world of color version two was like NPH. I love you, but go away. Please get out of world of color. Um, <laughs> but that show at Halloween Hornets was so good. It was so well done. And then I actually got to meet the guy who did the music uh, a couple years later and and he, he does music for theme parks and stuff all over the world. And it's, it's so good that I, 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 yeah, it's forever grounded in me that that, how good that show was. So speaking of scary attractions and uh, just the process of making them, uh, you have a documentary called uh, Epic Home Hot. A what? A documentary? A what? What, what is it? A what? Did call it a documentary? What did I do? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Just making sure. I don't know this the terminology. Hey, I could be wrong. I could be wrong that it's not a documentary. There it is. Yes. I'm wearing. <sighs> Sporting, um, sporting the merch. So when I first heard about this documentary that you're working on, uh, you invited me randomly. You're like, hey, can you, <laughs> make it, can you make your way out to, I think it was Fullerton? No, it was Irvine. Irvine, Irvine. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I got time. Uh, let's, let's do this. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <sighs> and you were like, all right, let's hook you up with all this camera equipment. And I was like, oh. I don't think I can get scared with a camera and a light right in front of my face. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it, it's tough. Uh, yeah, no. So the, the documentary is for those who don't know, there's this niche of a niche, right? So you have the horror community and then kind of next to, I won't say inside of, but sort of adjacent to the horror community, you have the haunted attraction community. So it's groups of artists who enjoy building these immersive themed experiences, but then a niche of that community are people who build these immersive environments, but they do them at their houses. And it's not, it's, it's sort of a level up of, you know, setting out a couple of tombstones in a fog machine at your house for Halloween. These are people who are building, you know, thousand plus square foot haunted attractions in their driveways and front lawns uh, every year. And these are full on fully themed full, you know, life-size animatronics, you know, five to 15 actors, makeup set, the whole thing, right? Full lighting packages. Uh, and we saw it a few years ago. My wife and I saw it, oh God, I don't know, probably 2012-ish, 2013-ish, um, maybe even earlier than that. Some friends of ours, they go by Hollywood Haunter. They're on YouTube, Chris and Gina. They're, they're set designers. That's their day job. And so they were building these sets at their house kind of just to just to have something to do during Halloween and then trying to 
you know, practice and beef up and learn new techniques and have video for, to show off their skills. And they were taking video and my wife and I were like, oh, this video's not great. Let, let, let's come out. And we have a full, we, at the time we had a full studio in LA and we were like, let's, let's bring lights. Let's bring some camera cranes. Let's bring, you know, cameras and stuff. And let's actually properly film what you guys have done so that you guys have really good video to get more work with and just kind of help them out and go, you know, hang out with them. And we got there and they had built, and this is like a little Burbank bungalow. So a little 1950s thing, like very small property. They had built a full ghost town that was walkable. Like you could actually walk in and around. It was huge. Um, it was Graveyard Gulch. You can actually YouTube it right now. If you go Hollywood Hunter Graveyard Gulch, you'll see the full walk around video. Um, but I mean, it had a train station, a dentist's office, a full saloon, a mine, a general store, a funeral home, a sheriff station with a walk-in jail and like Knott's Berry Farm status, like the guy in the cell with, you know, breathing chest, that whole thing. And the detail was insane. And after about four or five hours, we had all the B-roll we could ever need, um, tons of, you know, detail shots and things. And basically my wife and I went, hmm, like if we had a couple of interviews and maybe some photos or had come out during a building process, like there's a full on, like there's a full episode of, like a TV series, like a 27 minute, you know, 30 minute episode. And um, so we started mulling that idea around and ended up working with a producer. Um, I won't, I won't go into their name because it didn't end up working out. So what's <laughs> it? Oh there. no. <laughs> uh, but we ended up working with a producer uh, who actually produced reality TV at Universal. And um, they had their little company and they were wanting to invest in what we were doing. And then that all fell through um, for lack of a better word, they were trying to recruit us into their religion um, that just didn't work out. And so we let that all go um, as nicely as possible. And then year one, I guess technically is year two of Midsummer Scream happened. So friends of ours, David Markland um, and Rick West and, you know, Claire and all those guys um, started originally what was scare LA. And then there was a little bit of an internal feud and they branched off and started Midsummer Scream. Midsummer Scream, the first year happened after about two months. And it was just like this marketplace thing, but it was really popular. The second year they did it, which was technically like the first big year, uh, was at the Long Beach Convention Center. There was probably 10,000 people that showed up and it was amazing. It was this, they had this Hall of Shadows uh, haunted attraction area and you know, a bunch of vendors and things. Um, now they just came back after the hiatus because of the pandemic. And I mean, had over 40,000 people show up to this event. It's the largest Halloween event, I think in the country. Um, it's, it's huge. You go every year, Jimmy. I know you have, you actually have a, you have a booth there every year and do stuff. So after year one, year one, day one, we were leaving the convention, walking over to like dinner somewhere. And basically my wife and I turned to each other and went, you know what? Screw it. Let's do, let's fund it ourselves and we'll make it a movie. Let's do a documentary. Um, like we'll just take this grand thing that we had and we'll just kind of boil it down um, to some really basic components and we'll do it as a film as opposed to like a, I don't remember what it was going to be nine or 13 episode series. Um, and so we started that journey. So flash forward you know this was all i god i can't remember what year that was 2015 20 no 2014 maybe i love it was a while back uh yeah, flash I'm, forward i'm as irrelevant during the pandemic it's really weird to look back at yeah 
it's it's like pre Thanos snap and post Thanos snap. I'm just like yes. I don't know what is what anymore. But flash forward to 2018, and we released the finished product on Amazon um, October of like mid October. I can't remember the exact day um, on Amazon Prime of 2018, and we're working on another one now. Um, money dependent. Um, it's we're kind of everything kind of started ramping up, and then a lot of stuff is you know, economy is not doing so great at the moment. So things have kind of come down a little bit. We're kind of doing it, but we're not going as hard as we were uh, a couple months ago. But um, so, yeah, so that's what the documentary is about. It's about we followed uh, um, four groups of home hunters um, for two years and just sort of explored this niche of, of home hunting. And the one I invited Jimmy out to is a long explanation to get back to you going out to Irvine. So then, so the okay. Jimmy, this was, this was this was good setup. This was a nice setup. We had a nice <laughs> okay, like prologue, and then we had to do previously like <laughs> this was yeah previously on. Uh, this is that was the exposition section. Um, so so flash forward to uh, I need B roll basically of people going through these haunts and what we were doing when I didn't have people to show up is we would just find people online and be like, Hey, you're not wearing a logo that I can't use. You look like you might be good on camera and have some form of energy and, you know, are willing to sign the rights to your likeness for free here, put this camera on. Um, and that just became incredibly difficult. So I started reaching out to everybody, you know, just friends who was like, Oh, who would I want to cameo in this? This would be fun. And so I called you and you were like, yeah, hell yeah. So you came out and you actually came out to Boot Hill or the legend of Boot Hill is the full name um, out in Irvine. And the interesting thing about that one is they are technically a yard haunt. They're not actually a full haunted attraction because they're it's just the front lawn. And theirs is a little different where you walk up the driveway to the house, turn around and you walk back. But you do everything alone. You do it by yourself. Um, and their shtick, which is kind of cool, is on the way up, there's no scares. Um, it's all just sort of ethereal environment, you know, exploration. And then when you get to the end of the house where you, you dead end, they scare you out, basically, is you didn't realize that as you were walking up, you were passing four or five different actors hiding in plain sight, and then they pounce and scare you out of the experience. Um, but yeah, that, that whole thing was this sort of love letter to the haunted attraction community and that spooky Halloween stuff, right? Is it's, it's everything that I love. It's theme, themed entertainment, it's immersive, you know, world building, it's storytelling. Um, it's incredibly, you know, well done design and construction and just people who aren't artisans in their normal life coming together to do this stuff because a lot of people think oh la because there's a ton of these in la there's 40 or 50 of these home haunts in la and they're all just the quality is insane and whenever i talk to people about it they always go oh well that's because the film industry is in la um the funny part is 99 percent of these people have nothing to do with the film industry um you know the one of the biggest ones that actually went pro this year um, so two of the home haunters from the movie uh, actually joined forces with another home haunt and they're opening up a pro haunt up in um, Ventura this year called Bones Gulch. Um, 
but like one of the home hunters is a retired post office worker. Um, Rotten Apple 907, who this year is their 32nd or 33rd year of doing this. Um, they're sort of the big guys, right? Uh, Diana Preston. Um, Preston's a retired um, home inspection guy. Um, they're not, you know, they don't make movies. They don't build sets. They just love to do this and have just learned how to do it over you know, 30 something years and are incredibly good at it. And yeah. So it's just this fun, fun niche that I saw and wanted to explore. And so we made a movie about it and it's done. It's done pretty well. Um, and so we're making another one to try to explore more and sort of get outside of LA. Cause there's a ton of other home hunters doing this all around the country. Um, and they're all the same, but different. If that makes sense. So yeah, exploring that's going to be super interesting. Hopefully, we get to do more of that this year. Finance, um, finance is dependent. <laughs> and I know, like, setting up the whole backpack and the camera in front of me and the, and the lights in front of me, um, I was like, I don't think I can be scared like this. And I was telling my friend that, uh, yeah, I'm not, it's not really easy to scare me. However, if, if anyone has a house hot that's clown themed, then you get, <laughs> you would get some weird shit. You'd get some really, jump scares out of me if that was the case if a clown is running at me i'll i'll my whole soul will just die <laughs> yeah well you have a clown phobia uh so yeah, yeah. did you ever go sp- side note i'm gonna sidetrack this this yeah. podcast uh did you i'm gonna flip it on you now i'm gonna interview you for a while did you ever go to the clown motel yeah oh you did yeah. i remember seeing like you were trying to like raise money for charity like send jimmy to this motel there's 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 a video on youtube of me going is there to the clown- that's uh, funny. Now, I gotta, I gotta find it. Now, this is uh, since that video. Yeah, I think that the because like the guy who owned the motel was uh, in the process of selling the motel, and I think someone did buy it because suddenly it's so much more clowny. There's a lot more terrifying. Oh, perfect! At the clown motel. God. So if I ever go again, the price is going to be raised up for donations. Um, but because <laughs> the 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 scariest part about the clown motel. And I told this to someone like recently was being in a random, like middle of nowhere town in a red state because we went to the bar and there was like no diversity whatsoever, just a bunch of white people. And I'm like, ah, this is unsettling. Yeah. It's (laughs) no, that hotel is, is definitely set up. It's a, it's a live action horror film. Basically it's a creepy clown motel in the middle of the desert, um, across the street from a graveyard. No, uh, no, <laughs> next door or next door to a graveyard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you no, can't like it, it. It literally is written like a bad horror movie, but it's real. I need, I need everyone to know if you haven't seen the movie, if you haven't seen the video on YouTube, because you can Google, you can just search uh, "send Jimmy to a clown hotel" and it'll pop up. It's uh, with uh, Professor Elliot, but uh, there is no going across the street. You're in the parking lot and you go down the stairs to the graveyard. Oh, perfect! I thought it was like yeah. across the street. Oh, that's hilarious. Nope. Easy, easy, easy. There's no, there's barely any walking to get to the graveyard, and the graveyard Perfect. is actually really, pre, it's it's pretty damn awesome. I highly recommend. Uh, I don't recommend going to a motel. I mean, I guess if you like clowns, I guess. But the coolest part was the graveyard, and because a lot of the tombstones describe how they died. Oh, cool! So it's like a, it's it's like an old west, like a legitimate old west graveyard. Oh, that's that's cool. That's super cool. Um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite tombstones was I saw two two uh, stakes together. 
And they said that they died at the same time. It was a married couple. And I was like, oh, that's romantic. And I looked at how they died and they died because of a runaway or cart. And I was like, all right, never mind. So oh, that's like terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's no, no, thank you. But yeah. Um, so back to uh, back to the thing that I made. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had a friend. I had a friend watch your video and uh, I didn't know. I did not. It, 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 they watched it on their own and they did oh, message sick. me with a photo of me and they're like, were you in this documentary? I'm like, yes, oh, that's hilarious. yes, I am. <laughs> that, that's really funny. Yeah. I've, I've, it's funny. I've, I've ran into people who like, you know, it's, this is a little sub niche of a niche. Um, and it's a movie it's, it's, it's on Amazon prime, right? Like that's the only way to see it. We don't really advertise that much for it. Um, and unfortunately, a year or so ago, we got removed from Free with Prime. Uh, Amazon basically went through their entire catalog and anything that wasn't directly made by Amazon, they removed with Free from Prime. So the only way to watch it is to rent it or buy it, which you know severely limits the amount of people who see the film. Um, but I still I, I run into people all the time who weirdly have watched it or. You know, or just people that are like, oh yeah, we love horror stuff. Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw the documentary a couple years ago, and I'm like, that's so weird. Uh, I was wearing this shirt, and I was walking around Disney World, and one of the cast members was like, oh, I love that movie, and I'm like, that's bizarre. Like, it's so weird to me um, because not very many people have seen it. Like, at least I thought not many people had seen it. I guess more people than I thought have seen it. Um, yes. But yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a fun film, and there's so much more to explore. You know, we, we, the first film just sort of dived you know uh, like didn't dive it, it sort of like put your feet into the water as to just sort of what this community is um everybody does it for charity you know nobody's making money on it um and and, and it's not only because they want to give money for charity but it's because you're doing it at your house you can't charge people to use permits and stuff that would require you to do that um you know a lot of people take donations where it's you know hey if you want us to keep doing this we we need money to buy stuff but um you know most of the time they're all just full charity. Um, the ones that, you know, we featured are just donating everything. And I want to say combined, uh, they've all donated these four haunts throughout the time they've been doing this have uh, it was something in the realm of like $130,000 what they've all donated um, just from doing this. And uh, beware the dark realm, which is the one that went, went pro when they were doing the home hunt um, in Valencia. Um, oh yeah. That's where, that's where Six Flags Magic Mountain is, right? Valencia. Um, they're up near Six Flags Magic Mountain, that area. Um, they would take canned food uh, as their donations, and they would end up becoming the number one provider for their local food shelter every year um, in October. And, you know, things like that. It's just, it, it's such, they do it for the love of doing it. They're not making money on it. Um, and they're doing it for cheap. Like, the the Dark Realm was huge. It was a full-on castle. Um, and it was giant. They would have 20 to 30 actors every year, um, all at one time in this haunt. And their yearly budget was 300 bucks. You know what I mean? Like these people aren't, they're not Halloween Horror Nights. They're not spending millions of dollars uh, on, on a maze. They're spending a couple of bucks making stuff out of cardboard and things that are donated and found, but they're turning it into incredible attractions. And yeah, so I'm excited to hopefully be able to, explore more of the country because there's a bunch of other people around the you know the country doing it and it started to spill into different places around the world um so like i just got a message from this kid in the uk 
and they don't really do Halloween. You know, they do a little bit of it. Um, but he, he's a fan of the film and has started building a haunt now um, in the UK. He just takes pop-up tents and puts them on, you know, his street. Uh, and he's like 13. Um, there's some people in, in Australia who are doing the same type of stuff that they just are like, oh, we like this. Let's, let's start doing it. Even though Halloween in those countries isn't as big as it is here. It is a weirdly American thing, uh, like classic Halloween. And, and But it's cool to see it kind of spreading across the world now. So hopefully maybe the second one will get it done and it'll be good enough and then we can go travel the world or something. That'd be fun. So I always hear, and this is good, it, you know, get back to politics, I guess. Uh, I always hear conservatives freak out about globalization. Um, I am a big fan of globalization just because I think that the more... The more people communicate, the more uh, communication there is, the more media there is, you are now having people who d- who don't have like this. Um, the U.S. really banked on Halloween as far as capitalization is concerned. Uh, oh, yeah, we own that holiday. What was that? I said, yeah, the, the U.S. basically created that holiday. Like, yeah. More as as we know it today, basically. Yeah, and as it's it's just a it's it's a huge business for any anyone you know. You mentioned pumpkin spice. Any business that has any food will put pumpkin spice on the menu, and suddenly people will flock to it. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole term for a code orange. Once we see Halloween stuff show, showing up in shops, yeah, everyone tells everyone. It's a word of mouth thing that just it, the marketing is insane. So hearing that there are people in the UK and Australia who are, who will watch your documentary and now they're making their own little haunts is pretty beautiful. I love that. That's fantastic. I love love celebrating anyone who is interested in doing any kind of artistic endeavor. Oh yeah. No, same. And, And that's why, you know, when I saw this niche, that was this under, kind of underappreciated right like so the people in la knew about it but that's because it's it's their local thing right it's our neighbors have done this for 20 years so of course we know about it but it wasn't really known it was not this mainstream thing and being able to bring it to be a little bit more mainstream and have people see oh there's these people doing this oh that's cool like well i can do that like that's that doesn't seem you know that's not prohibitively expensive it's this art form that i can do oh it provides a safe space for kids in my neighborhood to come do something every year right for free um and and, you know maybe plus their community a little bit like yeah of course i'm gonna try to try to do something like that and you know we we didn't make the movie like we we have not made money on the movie i'll tell you that (laughs) um that that was we are severely under uh uh, underperformed financially, if that makes sense, um, with what we put in, with what we got out. Uh, it's, it's definitely just a, it's a labor of love for th- the artist's community. And then just this niche of a, of an art form that's severely underappreciated or was, I think it's a much more appreciated now, um, than it, than it used to be for sure. And it, it always had this stigma, right? You always had this like, Oh, those are the weird Halloween people. Like, don't go there. Like they're, they're poisoning the candy or they're going to kidnap you on your inside. And it's like, no, it's just, it's these nice, you know, people who just want to create a space for people to have, you know, have a, a nice community, you know, involvement engagement um, over the holiday, somewhere safe to go. I think that a lot of people don't know how much money goes into production because like, uh, whenever they're like, oh, you're making that thing. You should be making lots of money. It's like, oh, you have no Ooh. idea how much money I had to spend to make it. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
No, I want to say we spent somewhere in the $40,000 range to put that <laughs> at the end of the day to put everything together. And we've maybe made 10 grand. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Like we, we didn't make anything on this thing. Um, but it made people happy. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's cool. And, but yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, it's, it's not just time and equipment and that kind of stuff. Like for us, I was living in San Francisco but shooting in LA. So we would drive, you know, whatever it was, 10, 11 o'clock at night on Friday or one or two in the morning in order to get to where we had to shoot in LA on Saturday at 9 a.m. So we would just drive straight through, park, get out of the car, film all day. And then we'd go stay to ho- go pass out at a hotel, wake up, go film Sunday um, for a few hours, and then get back in the car and do the six, seven hour trip back to San Francisco. Um, and go to work the next day. And we would do that two to three times a month for about two years. Um, yeah, it was crazy. And there were a couple of times where we had to like jump in the car immediately, like in the, in the middle of the film, um, spoiler alert, in the middle of the film, there's uh, one of the haunters has a, a flood that happens. And that was just, we got a call one day and they were like, Hey, there was a flash flood at our storage unit up in the high desert. And you know, there's three or, or whatever it was, six feet of mud and everything. We're digging everything out and we bet, okay, we'll be there tomorrow. Take as many pictures and videos as you can while you're there now, because we need to use them in the film. And then for two weeks straight, we just, we were there with them as they were clearing out all this mud. And it's funny, you know, you, to go on like how much work it is, right. That's a three, four minute section of the movie. We were there for two straight weekends um filming that because it's just it's a lot of sitting around and you know what's happening here and filming everything but only using a, a small amount of it um i have 20 terabytes of footage and probably used 15 percent of what we <laughs> shot because uh, you just have to shoot everything right it's a documentary it's not like a feature film where you've storyboarded what you need to shoot and you only shoot what you need it's a documentary you're shooting everything with multiple cameras i mean i think at, at probably the biggest point we had four to six cameras running all at the same time, you know, filming all night long. And so you're talking multiple nights in a row with combined 30 hours a night worth of footage times 20 weekends. And there's a lot of footage <laughs> to go through. <laughs> Speaking of footage, uh, what horror movie monster would you replace with Slimer from Ghostbusters to dramatically change the film? What? Uh, okay, 180. Uh, horror movie monster would I change uh, with I'll Slimer? I will be honest. Um, one of my favorite things about the podcast is asking a question that has nothing to do with the previous season. Yeah, total 180. <laughs> uh, oh, God, what would be a good Slimer replacement? I mean, my immediate thought is the OG Friday the 13th. Um, yeah. So you're replacing, was, you're replacing the mom with Slimer. Yeah, the mom with Slimer. Exactly. Exactly. Like Kevin <laughs> Kevin Bacon doesn't get, uh, uh, you know, arrowed through the back of the neck. He just gets slimed uh, <laughs> while laying in bed. Uh, <laughs> it would dramatically change the film. <laughs> yeah, it would completely change the entire premise of the movie. Yeah, it's, yeah, completely. That'd be hilarious. It would be so weird though, because like, <laughs> I'm just picturing if they start with Slimer they, in a world where we didn't know about uh, Jason's mom, that last scene where Jason emerges from the water would be very strange. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who's this guy? That doesn't make any sense. 
why didn't we just go with that guy? Or it's, or it's Slimer's mom the entire time, and then Slimer comes out of the water. Oh, okay. Which makes even less sense as to why, how, why is there this? That doesn't make any sense at all. Or it's Slimer, and then the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man comes out of the water. And it just gets even weirder. Um, it's funny that you asked about going to the Clown Motel because uh, when it, I'm jumping all over the place in this conversation we've had, um, because a lot of people ask me whenever it comes to like the not scary farm clown mazes in the clown area, and they sure. ask me like, um, if I if I'm afraid of clowns, why do I go to not scary farm? Why do I go to the clown areas? And I'm like, I spent a good amount of money to go to this theme park. I don't want to be bored. Yeah. Yeah. Bored is better than bored. One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's kind of the point, right? You're going to be scared. You're going to, uh, you know, it's sort of that 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 attraction, the, the the rule, the base rule for attractions, right? If you're building an attraction, you want it to be exciting. You want to give somebody an experience that gets them this close to death without dying, right? And that's what these events are. They're experiencing very scary things. Um, that get you as close to being, you know, deathly afraid of something, but without all of the actual danger. So you get to go be afraid of a clown with a chainsaw, knowing it's not, you know, the nightmare clown of your of your dreams with a, with yeah. a chainsaw who's actually going to it gets you this close without without all the without all the actual danger. Yeah, it's not it's not Wayne Gacy. It's just some drama kid yeah. who uh, has <laughs> who, exactly. who has his, their nights in October off. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Gacy, don't ever go to uh, Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum, which is down the street from me uh, here right, in deal. Vegas, because deal. they have they have <laughs> a bunch of Gacy stuff in there, like actual stuff. Uh, I, there's a lot of clown places that if I did it for the charity, uh, there there's a lot of potential to. There's do. actually a section of that of that museum I would love to go through with you because there is an entire clown section that is legitimately cool. terrifying. Cool. <laughs> Do you know how they copyright clown makeup? You can copyright clown makeup? I didn't know Yes, that. Yes. It's it's really bizarre because clowns are just out of their mind. Um, you have to paint an egg. Uh, I think they have plastic eggs, but they have a whole museum where they have shelves of eggs and every face that's painted on an egg is a copyrighted makeup style for the clown. Uh, I had no idea. That's super interesting. And I think it's in a church. I think it's a church. Oh, where, uh, perfect. So, Joseph Grimaldi, the uh, like the first clown, like the grand, the Godfather of clown, dumb. Uh, <laughs> it's it's in his church that he's buried in, I think. Uh, yeah, clowns are weird. Clowns this is weird. the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. I had yeah. I had no idea this was a thing. Look it up; it's nuts. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna have to do that for sure. Um, but if you do make any, you you said you're making this the second movie, and I'm looking forward yeah. to that because uh, seeing. Seen home haunts, I think, uh, were being in your documentary exposed me to this uh, niche, this whole community of people that build haunts in their houses. Um, I love it, and you're it's right; they're not, making, they're not making money; they're donating to charity, and I think it's just like this really passionate love for spooky community that I just think is glorious. Yeah. And the easiest way, I mean, if anybody ever wants to actually experience a lot of these, the easiest way to do it is just go to Midsummer Scream every year. Um, they hold a section of the convention that's called the Hall of Shadows. And I'd say 90% of the attractions in the Hall of Shadows are the local home hunters who bring their haunts out and they build mini versions of them at the convention. 
which is insane because they have a day and a half to set it up and they have about four hours to tear it down at the end of the night um, at the end of the show, but they legitimately will bring and build their attractions for people to for free. If you're paid to get into the convention um, experience, and that's the easiest way to experience whatever, 10, 12 of these things, um, you know, rapid fire without having to drive around LA. But if you ever want a free experience in LA, just there's a, you can look up a SoCal haunt list. Uh, it's a, it's a free website that uh, this guy, Derek puts together every year that just will list out all the home hunts in the LA, Orange County, Inland Empire area. And you can just drive around LA and for free for days, for free experience a bunch of haunted attractions. It's great. Uh, what would you, what words of wisdom would you give to someone who is interested in even getting into home haunts? Just do it. <laughs> just go get some tombstones, put them out. Like, like just start building. It's, you know, it's a slow process. These guys that are doing the, you know, 1500 square foot mazes and stuff, they've been doing this for 20 years. So they've built up this array of props, but it's just start with some tombstones, right? Learn how, learn how to age a piece of wood and learn how to dry brush. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. You start small. Um, there's so many places on YouTube you can go. Hollywood Haunter, Wicked, Wicked Makers, um, all these resources where you can just learn everything. And it's a kind of inexpensive hobby to, to get into, right? It's a couple of dollars of foam board and some paint and, and you can get into it. Um, it's not really a large threshold to get into it. Um, and then there's clubs you can join like uh, SoCal Valley Haunters and Cal Haunts. If you're in the SoCal area, there's all these groups all around the country you can get into or go find a home haunt and just volunteer your time and just go learn from them directly. They're always looking for volunteers and actors. And can you hold a paintbrush? Cool. You're hired. You know, that kind of stuff. Like just go find somebody to start working with and you'll learn a ton of stuff. <laughs>